Hey everybody, welcome back to the In Theory I Was Right podcast. I, of course, am still your host, Harris Kaufman, and today I would like to talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, I know that previously uh, in my Avengers Infinity War trailer breakdown, I said that I was going to talk about the Justice League, but in thinking about it, you know, it, it I, I genuinely or generally, rather, like to talk about or review movies that I took something away from and, and enjoyed. And I didn't really like Justice League. And, I don't know, I didn't want to spend my time reviewing something and being negative about it. Uh, I think an, I think that movie had gone through enough ridicule. Uh, I think enough had been said about that movie to, you know, there's no need to beat a horse to death, so... In uh, the spirit of positivity, in the spirit of talking about um, fun, interesting things and and enjoyable things, and rather than shitting on something, I'd rather just talk about um, you know movies I did enjoy. And that today is uh, the most recent installment in the Star Wars saga, and that is the Last Jedi. Now, um, it it was a it was a three hour long movie. Uh, roughly speaking, uh, there are a lot of things that happen in it. There are a lot of things surrounding um, this movie that you know really cannot be um, ignored. You know, you, you you can't take these things, these this movies like this in a vacuum. You have to you have to talk about them in context. Now, um, starting off, just to, just just right off the bat, um, I really enjoyed the Last Jedi. Um, I am a huge Star Wars fan, um, and I know that this movie has been uh, critically acclaimed. I know that there has been some fan some issue, issues that the fans took some some fan um, it wasn't as well received by the fans. Uh, I, I'm not certain how accurate that is because I, I know that on Rotten Tomatoes it received something like a seventy percent, uh, or maybe it was like a fifty four percent. Uh, fan rating, and there is some. I, I read a article about it. Yeah, fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes uh, for for the audience score. Now, I, I read an article um, on Deadline that basically broke it down that um, it is more than likely uh, that a few trolls or or disgruntled fans created bot accounts to downvote uh, this movie. Because I mean the the critical rating is a ninety three percent, and the disparity between the critics and the audience is 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 quite not is is an anomaly at this point. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I think that I think a ninety three percent might be a little high uh, for for this movie. Um, where it stacks up, I think it is it is a different movie than. The Force Awakens. Obviously, it has to be. It is the next chapter. But I'll get into that. Um, and I'll get into, you know, everything else of, of, of where it stacks up uh, compared to the other movies that we've seen, uh, the other Star Wars movies that we've seen. Uh, talk about the cast, talk about the plot, all that stuff. I'll get into all that. But uh, starting off, you know, just a quick recap. So this movie starts off, it, t- it starts off where The Force Awakens ends uh, in that Daisy Ridley Ray has now found Luke Skywalker in his in his self-imposed, um, his self-imposed 
exile on a secluded island on a on a backwater planet. She has found him, and shocker, you know she she now has to convince him um, to train her. She now has to convince him to re to join the rebellion again because he has he has you know he's exiled himself and they need him. He he is a he he describes himself as a legend, and that is what he is. He is a legend. He is a beacon of hope that the resistance desperately needs that his sister Leia desperately needs they need him to come back to kind of galvanize the rebellion that has now at this point been been suffering it's been it's been truly it's been beaten down it's been, almost been beat so she's there and 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 simultaneously uh the rebellion um is being chased by the first order which at this point, they, the First Order has found their rebel base and they need to now find a new one. So it, it, it starts out, that aspect of the movie starts out with everybody, everybody in the rebel base is fleeing. They're, they're fleeing, trying to get away from, um, from this armada, this First Order armada, which has a ship um, that can, you know, has big cannons. It's not a Death Star. It's not a Star Killer base, but it's a, it's a ship that can, that can do some damage to... Uh, to large areas of uh, of land and ships and whatnot, and they're escaping, and so they they jump into light speed, thinking that they're safe, and then several, you know, a few seconds later, there's the first order, and they've tracked them. Apparently, in this universe, you were not able to previously track uh, spacecraft through light speed, but they found a way to do that, and so now the rebels are scrambling, trying to figure out how the he- what they're going to do because apparently they can't just escape by go- jumping into light speed. So they're just they're staying out of range of the first order, trying to buy some time. And um, so while that's happening, you know, you get you get Finn, you get Poe Dameron. You know, they're they're trying to they're they're essentially trying to um, trying to formulate their own plan because the people that are in charge, which is no longer um, Princess Leia or General Leia because she's been incapacitated. She's she's unconscious at the moment. She's still alive, but she's unconscious. Uh, is now uh, Laura, uh, Laura Dern. Laura Dern plays... I'm not sure who she plays exactly. She plays a general that takes the place of, of, of Leia. And, and they don't know what her plan is. Her plan is essentially just try to outrun the First Order. And so uh, John Boyega and a new character... Uh, played by Kelly Tran, this uh, character named Rose, they go off to find this person that can help them sneak on to um, sneak on to a first order ship because they believe that they can disrupt the way that they track them. And they do that. They 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 encounter Benicio del Toro, who 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 decides to help them get onto the ship. They get on the ship, and it fails. And they fail. They get caught, and they're unable to prevent. Um, to prevent the track, to prevent the first order from tracking them, and while this is going on, Daisy Ridley, being ch- being trained by Luke Skywalker, seems to develop this connection to Kylo Ren, uh, some somewhere with some way that they can con- they can um, communicate via the Force, and uh, Daisy uh, or Ray decides that Luke Skywalker will not help, and she decides to leave and go back. She decides to go find Kylo Ren and 
you know, see if she can turn him because she thinks that what she's seen in him is good. She sees the conflict in him and she tries to turn him. So she goes to find Kylo Ren. She gets on the ship that Kylo Ren is on where, um, where, uh, Snoke, Emperor Snoke is. And it turns out that, you know, this is part of Snoke's plan and he, he decides to, you know, he's facilitated this connection between them and he tries to get Rey to join them. Um, and then Kylo Ren betrays Snoke, kills Snoke, and thinking that that Rey will join him, um, that that he has seen the conflict in her, that she has some conflict, and uh, and she decides she 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 realizes she cannot save him, and she escapes. And so the First Order, still trying to chase the um, the rebels, the rebels um, essentially. Uh, provide a, a, a decoy ship, and they decide to land on this other ship or on this other planet where the first order shouldn't know where they are. Uh, the first order figure this out, and they go down to the planet, and they find them, and, they, and they're about to destroy what's left of the first order or of the rebels, which really isn't anything. There's very few of them left, and Luke Skywalker appears and and to confront Kylo Ren, and effectively providing another diversion for the remainder of the rebellion to escape. And he does so and uh, they escape to, you know, try to, you know, reconvene, re, you know, up their numbers and whatnot. And that effectively is the end of the movie. Now, this movie was, it was quite long. It was very long. There is a lot going on. There are several side stories going on simultaneously. And, you know, it, could, it was a little hard to, not to follow, but to devote enough attention to each story. Because, you know, you get, they'd spend a certain amount of time with, uh, with Luke and Ray, And then they'd cut to Finn and this Rose character still trying to figure out what to do with the Rebels. And it's like, oh yeah, that's right, that's still going on. And you kept having to kind of shut off that part of your brain and pay attention to this to this story. Shut that off. Go back and forth, back and forth. There was a lot going on. Now, with the Last Jedi, to me, I believe it. it, it this movie is is a movie about finding oneself. It's about about finding, quite literally, finding your place in the galaxy and you know, really coming to terms with who you are, trying to figure out who you are. And and that is evident in Ray's character development where she, you know, she doesn't know who her parents are. She doesn't really have any family. She doesn't know where she comes from. And all she can do is try to, you know, she, she, she has these new feelings in her that have been, that she describes as an awakening. You know, she, 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 she's now come to terms with the force, quote unquote. She knows what that is. And now she, she needs to know what to make of it. So she tries to tap Luke to, you know, to help her, to explain this to her, to help her develop these, you know, this connection to the force and really understand who she is. At the same time, Finn is on the same kind of character arc. You know, he, he was indoctrinated into the first order because that's what he, he was born into the first order. And that's all the life he knew for his whole life. And then suddenly he, he realizes that this is not how life should be and leaves and joins the rebels. And he's trying to find his place among them. 
He's trying to understand what his role is. Uh, he's, he tries to be a hero. You know, he, he he's not an inept, inept character, but he's not your classic um, qualified hero. And, he, and he, he keeps trying to save Ray, who doesn't need to be saved. Um, but he just, he kind of just, he tries to force himself into that role, even though it, it's harder for him than other characters. You know, Poe Dameron, played by Oscar Isaac, is a natural hero. You know, he's someone who, who has, he's a, he's a skilled fighter pilot. He's a, he's a warrior. He's a soldier. And that's the life that he was raised. And he defaults into that, into that role uh, without trying. But Finn, I believe, has spent this, this movie trying to, trying to be a hero, which may not necessarily be his role. Um, but in that sense, he, he, he's still trying to find himself as well. Um, and, on the other side of that coin, you have Kylo Ren, played by Adam Driver, who is incredibly conflicted as he was conflicted in a Force Awakens in the Force Awakens, and he's conflicted in this one still. You know, he 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 has an opportunity in the beginning of the movie to essentially kill his mother. And that's what he's been ordered to do. That that is his sole directive, essentially, and he can't do it. He can't bring himself to do it. And you can see that with that conflict, he has lost himself. He doesn't know who he is. And he's trying to figure that out. Because he, in this movie, is... He's not a child, but he's a young man. And, you know, he's being pulled in two different directions. And, and he doesn't know how to quantify those two things. Because they're, they're, they're opposed to each other. And, you know, he's filled... You know, much like many of the, of the characters in the original um, Star Wars, you know, like Luke and Anakin Skywalker both had good and bad in them. Both had to somehow, they had to pick. They had to pick which way to go. They had to figure out who they were. And Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader's journey, was not over. Him him figuring out who he was wasn't over until he until right before he died. Just like Luke had to bring that out of him. And in that sense, this movie is about self-discovery. And just like, you know, it, it had, it, there were mirroring images, there were mirroring scenes, there were mirroring um, messages uh, to uh, The Empire Strikes Back in that Luke was, Luke in The Empire Strikes Back spends a, a good amount of time training with uh, Yoda, trying to, trying to become a Jedi. Yoda, again, sees the conflict within him. And, I mean, ultimately, Luke abandons his training to go save his friends. But it's a journey. His journey in, in that movie is of self-discovery. And he ultimately doesn't get there until uh, The Empire Strikes Back when... Or, I'm sorry, not The Empire Strikes Back. He ultimately doesn't get there until Return of the Jedi, when, when, he, become, when he has become a Jedi. We don't see him in, in Return of the Jedi. We don't see him... Until he goes to Jabba's palace and he's already a Jedi. He has completed his journey. He's found out who he is. And in this in in The Last Jedi, that's essentially where we are with, with our main our new main characters, Ray, Finn, and 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 Kylo Ren. So in that sense, yes, it is a movie about self-discovery and journey. Um Additionally, you know, we have a lot of these classic characters as well. We have we have Mark 
Hamill, who plays Luke Skywalker, we have and we have Princess Leia. We have Princess Leia, who has never waffled. She has never strayed. She has always done. She's always lived in the light. She's always, always lived. Uh, never gone to the dark side, or at least we've never seen her or alluded to that she's done that. But Luke, in his, you know, in his journey to be a Jedi, has always, you know, has suppressed this, um, this, you know, the the darkness in him. And in doing so, he's tried to. Um, we find out that he, or we found out really, I guess, in the in the Force Awakens that he has trained or he took it upon himself to train a new um generation of of jedis and through the course of that found that the allure to the dark side is too strong for many people and indeed grab he saw that the 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 dark side had too much hold in uh ben solo in his in his in his young nephew and ultimately he knew that he had lost him and in the last jedi you see Luke Skywalker, who is this grizzled, um, this grizzled old man, essentially, who has lost his faith. You know, he has lost the. He, he no he, he 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 classically says, "The jet. It's time for the Jedi to end." Because and he he arrives. He gives this monologue saying that the Jedi were fools. They were they were victims of their own hubris. You know, they they were. You know, real, they have this religious devotion to these ideas and these and ideals and these morals that ultimately prevented them from doing what was necessary. In that, they let Darth Sidious grow in power and and create the the empire. And so he's a man who effectively has abandoned. Uh, he's arrived at the at the idea that he that that this life that he has lived cannot sustain itself and that and that the path that he has chosen can only bring pain can only can only lead to the dark side effectively and that's why he that's why he left because no good has come from from anything that he's done and it comes out that Kylo Ren believes that his master had betrayed him that um Luke Skywalker had seen a great deal of evil in him and when he went to go confront Kylo Ren about it, you know, he had sensed the growing um, nature of the dark side in him. And he, he, he says that he had, had kind of gone into instinct mode and tried to kill. Uh, he, he, he had a, a split second thought that he had to kill Kylo Ren and then came back to his senses. But at that point, Kylo Ren, who was asleep when Luke Skywalker went to go confront him, wakes up and sees his master over him with this lightsaber, presumably about to kill him. And then that's when um, Kylo Ren, can, he um, essentially brings his house down on top of uh, Luke Skywalker, thinking that his master had just betrayed him. And that's where a lot of his, that I feel like was probably the final push for Kylo Ren into the dark side, because he says that he was still, he was a boy. And that he was still conflicted at that time. He had not he had not made any decisions to 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 be to go to the dark side. He had not um, been corrupted by by Snoke yet. Um, and and Luke, of course, has a different take on it. And he considers Kylo Ren as his great failure. You know, he considers Kylo Ren as as you know he, he his sister who he loves so much 
and his his best friend Han, who he loved so much, had trusted him with their son, and he and he failed them. He failed them. He failed the Jedi. He failed the rebellion. He failed Kylo Ren, and it, it is he is a character filled with regret, and he has to attempt to come to terms with that. And he and he does so when he decides, or he at least acknowledges that he needs to come to terms with that when he decides to train Rey. And he only trains her briefly because he sees, you know, he, he sees that there was a there was a, a an awesome scene. I love this scene when he goes aboard the Millennium Falcon for the first time in, you know, in what what we are led to believe is a very long time. And he's just kind of sitting near the chessboard and R2D2 comes 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 to life. And he, he goes, Oh, he, you know, he sees his old friend. And R2 then, you know, in, in his robot beeping language, tries to convince Luke that he needs to come back. And Luke is like, no, that's not going to happen. And then as he says that, R2 plays the Princess Leia message to uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi from the very first movie. And, it's, and it's just, it was such a... a I, I, I teared up a little bit just because it was just so cool and wonderful to see that old footage to see that message and to see that resonate with Luke and that's that's effectively the push that Luke needs to decide to train um Ray and but when he does he sees that she has so she has a lot of darkness in her and you know he has to tread lightly because he he says oh I've seen this power before and it didn't scare me enough then but it does now. And he's referring to Kylo Ren. You know, he, they both have such raw power and they do share a connection that we don't fully, they didn't fully explain in this movie that I'm assuming they're going to explain in the coming movie. Um, but there is a clear connection between uh, Ray and Kylo Ren. Um, but yeah, so that, you know, that effectively is, is, um, is the movie, I guess. Now, this is historically historically this has been it's widely known that this is Carrie this was Carrie Fisher's last movie you know she passed away while this movie had been filming but she had shot all of her scenes for it already by the time she had passed and so you know it was you know you see her she's in a lot she's in the movie a lot she's in a, she's she's a plot point you know she's a lot she's in it for from start to start to end now there's a scene where she's blasted into space and you think that she's dead and that, that, that was how she was going to, how they were going to effectively deal with the death, her death. Because obviously, you know, they, they've said that they're not going to, um, you know, CG her into the next movie. Um, but what, and then that was actually an issue that I had with the movie. You know, she's blasted into space and then there's a scene where she, for she uses the force to then bring herself to another ship. It was a little silly. It looked a little, a little silly. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of that, but, um, so I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's how, that's how they kill Princess Leia. And it was so, it was, it, it made me angry because it was so unceremonious. It was a lot like how I, how they killed Professor X in Logan. And I hated that scene because he's just, he's this, he's this, figure in that universe he's this figure in that movie and they just kill him in bed 
and it was just it, I thought that it did a disservice to that character in that movie, and I thought that this death was going to give a disservice to Princess Leia. However, she that wasn't how they did it, and I, I was I'm, I'm watching the movie trying to figure out when they're going to do this, how they're going to how they are going to address this, and the movie ends without addressing it. The movie ends, and Carrie Fisher. Or, or Princess Leia, rather, I'm sorry, is, is alive at the end. And, you know, we, we, we aren't given any answers to how, you know, how they're going to handle this. And, and I, quite frankly, don't know. Uh, I can't even take a stab at how they, would, how they would do this. I mean, they have to address it in the next movie. They can't just not have her in it. She was such a big part of the franchise as a whole, obviously, but... but but more importantly, more specifically, to the to the Last Jedi, she's a huge part of that movie. Um, it, but they don't, you know, they never really addressed it. Um, so that was, you know, I, I, that was interesting to me. Um, I, I can't say that I was upset at that, just because I don't want to see them kill her character off. Uh, I know everyone knows it's coming, um, but it was, you know, then then it's real. Then it's real, um, but I thought it was it was it was a really beautiful thing at the end of the movie. It said, you know, for for our princess Carrie. You know, the movie was dedicated to her, and I thought that was I thought that was just, that was wonderful. Um, now with Luke, we see him, you know, at the with with the confrontation, the the final confrontation with Kylo Ren. It's effectively a vision. He's not actually there fighting Kylo Ren. And we see him, he's, he has not left his planet, his planet of exile. And then, much like um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, we, we, get the classic, we get the classic shot of Luke staring off at two sons. And then his, you know, he just kind of fades, fades away into his, his, his clothes kind of pile into, crumple into a pile. And, and and we're meant to believe that he is he is passed on, much like his his mentor Obi Wan Kenobi, um, and so he is one with the Force. Now, I believe that that still leaves him open to be in the next Star Wars movie. You know, as we've seen other actors, you know, Alec Guinness made appearances in in future Star Wars movies. Uh, Yoda made an appearance in this movie, and I saw it. And at first, I thought it looked a little silly. Uh, but then they kind of made a close up in him. And I saw it, and it was just like you, you kind of. Uh, Luke is going to really destroy the the last Jedi Temple, and you see kind of you know as the shot pans over, you see these this glowing kind of green head with these big green ears, and it's like oh shit, it's Yoda, and it was just it was voiced by Frank Oz, and it was just really, you know, it it was it was. You know, nostalgia for for the sake of nostalgia. It was wonderful seeing it, and I really enjoyed. Um, I really liked that they put him in. I don't know, just it was so so much better than when they just CG'd his ass into the the prequels, and he's doing fl- anyway. But it was it was you know nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia, and it was great. And then actually, one of the my, one of my favorite lines in the movie is at the end when uh, Poe Dameron finally meets Ray. For the first time, they introduce themselves, and he goes, "He goes, hey, I'm I'm Poe," and she goes, "Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Ray." And he goes, "I know." Like at the end of Empire Strikes Back, when Princess Leia says, "I love you," and Han says, "I know." I, I saw it, and I and I and I almost shit self. 
or heard it rather. And I thought that was, I thought that was awesome. Um, but yeah, so as far as the cast goes, um, Daisy Ridley, I think, is great. I think she's very good. I think she she emotes well, and I don't think she overdoes it, which I think would be very easy to do because this character that she plays is you know is is faced with an emotional you know an emotional journey, and I think it would be very easy to overdo it. Um, I think she's funny when she needs to be funny. I think she's sad when she needs to be sad. Um, John Boyega, who I actually haven't seen in, I know he's done a lot of other things, but I haven't, I don't believe I've seen him in anything else, but he's great. I I, I think he's, I mean, they, some of the dialogue they gave him is really cheesy. Um, I think at one point he calls Captain Phasma Chrome Dome and I'm like, all right, it kind of made my eyes roll, but, um, but he's good. I mean, he, he has good comedic delivery, I think, um, I think he brings a believability, a like a kind of a vulnerability to um, to Finn that is genuine, and I think he just, I, I mean, I, I enjoy him in this role, uh, and it makes me want to see more of him. It makes me want to see more of the character. It makes me want to see more. Um, it makes me want to see John Boyega do other things, um, and then of course there's Adam Driver's Kylo Ren. Now, it's not that I don't like. Adam Driver, it's just the character Kylo Ren kind of annoys me. He's just this kind of whiny emo kid that he's just always angry. It's like, dude, give it... And it's not Adam Driver's fault, because Adam Driver, I think, I've seen him... I saw him on SNL, which is really the only thing I've seen him in. Um, and he was really funny in that. I mean, the, I, I don't dislike him as an actor. I just think the character's kind of whiny. Um, Oscar Isaac is awesome. He's always awesome. I've never seen him in anything X-Men Apocalypse excluded that I didn't like him in. Um, he was great in Ex Machina. He's just, he brings a level of sincerity. And, and I mean, he's, he's got great comedic timing, timing too. Um, but I think he, he, he pulls off uh, action hero well. And he's just a he's just a kind of a sweet guy. I like I like Oscar Isaac. I think he's a cool guy. I, I want him to you know do well. So I, I root for him as a character as well. And um, now, two. I, I want to talk about one of the things that I didn't like. One of the characters that I didn't like, and then go back to and talk about the other ones that I did. Um, now I guess Gwendolyn Christie plays Captain Phasma. And if you want to talk about like one of the most throwaway characters ever, it's Captain Phasma. She does, you, you know, they they put her in the trailer as in in the first in in the Force Awakens and in the Last Jedi. They put her in the trailer like she's going to be this integral part of the movie. Like she's going to be this formidable foe that they rely on. And a in the Force Awakens, she's in it for. She's got, what, four lines, five lines? She's in it for a, a, a maximum of three minutes. And then they throw her into a trash can, essentially. And it's like, oh, okay, well, she's obviously not dead, so they're going to make her more of a part of the movie in the second one. So they put her in this movie. She has a two-minute fight with John Boyega, and then she dies. And it's like, why did you Why did you even put her in this movie at all? She was such a throw... She did nothing. She didn't bring, add anything to the story. She wasn't... That intimidating or scary. She did nothing. I, I mean, they gave her such a cool out, like like costume, like that chrome, 
silver star or uh, stormtrooper thing. That's awesome. That that's a badass character. You need to do more with that. And they didn't do anything with her. She was a total. If you had removed that scene, it would have changed. It wouldn't have changed the movie at all. It wouldn't have made the movie worse. It would have made it better because now I'm, I wouldn't have to talk about this completely unnecessary character. I don't know. Well, now she's gone. She's dead, so I don't have to talk about it anymore. Um, but back to the characters that I did like. I think now I read a review where it says this is Mark Hamill's. Um, you know, it, it's his greatest role yet. Now, I think Mark Hamill as an actor is probably is is extremely under underrated. Now, he's done a lot of voice acting. He's great. He was great in that as the Joker. I grew up on the Batman the animated series. I think he was great as the Joker. He was great in Brigsby Bears or Brigsby Bear. Uh that movie I highly suggest checking out. I think it's a great movie. Um it hits you right in the feels, but he's great in that. And he's good in the in in the Star Wars movies. Even even as a even as a young man, he's you know he he commits so much to the role of Luke Skywalker in the originals that you know he he just I feel like it almost kind of hurt him later on because he you know I mean the character is, is iconic anyway, but he I think he did such a service to the character that it was hard to separate him from that character. Um, I mean he managed to do it. He he had a long he's had a long career, but. I mean, he, I mean, this movie is no exception. I mean, he, you know, when you take into account how long, you know, that this character has been dealing with, you know, the, the issues that he's been dealing with, has been dealing with the loss of his father about not knowing who his parents were for, for so long, dealing with the loss of his, of his mentors and, and, and the mistakes that he's made, you know, you expect a, you know, kind of a hardened, grizzled, Luke Skywalker, and he delivers it. He brings it. You know, he 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 really makes you feel like you know this man has suffered, and this man is is kind of you know he's still got it. He's still Luke Skywalker, but he's a Luke Skywalker that has been hurt. There's a Luke Skywalker that has been broken, and I think that Mark uh, Hamill did did a really great job. And I want to see him more. I want. I, I hope they include him more in the next one. Um, Carrie Fisher. Now seeing her on screen, knowing that she had passed, was it was it wasn't it was hard to see her just because you know like she like that character has meant a lot to me growing up. That character was was a an important you know I, I with loving Star Wars. You love the things in it. You love the people in it. Um, and you know everybody knows that she had a really troubled life, but. You know, seeing her in this movie, it's just like, it, it, you know, you just want, you just felt so bad for her as a person and as a, as a character. Because you know that this was, this was going to be the last time that she was going to be on screen. Um, and, but she was, you know, she, she, it's so easy for her to default into that role. Because I believe that she maybe identified with it so much when she, you know, originally played her. But, you know, it's classic Princess Leia. You know, and, and, and it's Princess Leia who's not just a princess. She's a general. It's General Organa. And, you know, she's a strong, wise human being. You know, she's a strong, wise woman that people look to. They need her. They look to her for guidance. And, and she's never failed. She's never wavered. She's never faltered. She, I mean, the, the, 
I mean, the story, I mean, the, the, the hero of the Skywalker family is Princess Leia. I mean, uh, of all the internal battles that Luke Skywalker has had, of all the internal battles and all of the issues that, that, that Darth Vader has caused, the one Skywalker that has never failed, the one Skywalker that has never wavered, is Princess Leia. She, she's, she should be, you know, the, she's the matriarch of, the, of that family, but she's the one who has never, um, never questioned you know, she's always been there, always, always, she's just never failed. I mean, there's just no way around it. She's never failed. And in a lot of ways, this movie's about her, in that, you know, she kind of embodies the rebel cause, how she just never gives up. And and hope is is, is obviously a re- recurring, um, you know, idea in, in Star Wars. And she's just always, she's never lost hope. She's never given up hope. She's always galvanized her, um, you know, her, her people for her cause. And I I loved in, in, in the force awakens when, um, you know, know, like it's in, it's in the very beginning when, um, Poe Dameron is talking to, I can't remember his name, but it's the, it's the guy who he goes to, to get the plans to, to find Luke. And he goes, oh, well, the general will be so happy or something like that. And he goes, general, well, to me, she's royalty. You know, and I just, I love that line. And that was the beginning of that movie. I'm just like, all right, I'm in, I'm in. But, um, you know, The Last Jedi, I thought, was was a really great movie. Um, you know, I know I know a lot of people weren't super thrilled about it. But I thought Ryan Johnson, um, I thought he did great. Um, now, this movie has brought in, domestically, the opening weekend... $220 million. Uh, I think worldwide is something over $400 million. But that's pretty damn good. And, you know, there's usually a huge drop-off we, the first weekend and the second weekend, and there probably will be with this one. But, I mean, it's on track. It's it's making all the money. It's making it's making the money. It's going to make its money back, and they're going to keep going. And I believe they just... Um, I believe they just okayed Ryan Johnson for at least another one other movie. Um so I mean I'm I'm okay with that. I mean I liked what he did with this movie. Um, so I can't really, you know, I can't really be too upset about that. Um, and I'm sure there are other people that were, that are. But either way, um, there was one scene that I thought was really cool, and it was when uh, Poe, not Poe, it was when Finn and Rose went to that kind of casino planet to go find their 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 code cracker or whatever it was and visually i mean it's kind of like this this monte carlo um esque planet where it's just these wealthy people you know at at a casino it's this beautiful you know visually beautiful casino and it's all this bright colors gold and blah blah blah, and and i thought it was just such a because we've never really seen that in this movie, we've never seen, we, you know, we, we've been introduced to kind of scummy, you know, like a, a cantina of scum and villainy. We've seen, you know, like chariot races or, or pod races, you know, that we're all in these gross desert planets. We've never really seen like the high end community. And I, I thought it was really cool how they kind of they kind of grounded the story in that. Like, oh, how do you think all these people got this money? And they're arms dealers that dealt to the dealt to the um the first order and then Benicio del Toro steers one of their steals one of their ships and it turns out he's like oh who who whose ship is this oh he's an arms dealer he he sold to 
to the First Order. And, you know, Finn's just like, oh, of course. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. He sold to the Rebels, too. And he's like, ah, oh, this, this is not so black and white. But either way, the scene I thought was beautiful. Um, I, I think it visually was just really cool to look at. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was cool. And and I would, I, would, I would have liked to see more of that. I thought it was cool that we got a cameo from, oh, God, what's his name? Um, Justin... What's his name? The guy who's married to Justin Throw. Uh, he was their code cracker, which I thought was a little weird um, that they didn't use him again. I mean, they could have had anybody. I mean, if they weren't going to use Justin Throw, going to use the code cracker, because they ultimately ended up going with uh, Benicio del Toro. If they weren't going to use the actual code cracker they were going after, why did they even bother making him a, a, a actual known celebrity at all? You could have made it anybody. Because they see the guy that Justin throws, the guy they're actually there for, and then they get locked up in prison and they have to default to Benicio del Toro. So it's like, okay, well, why did you make it a cameo? You could have made it no, you could have made it nobody. But either way, um, Justin throws in it. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, actually, I was talking it over with my buddy. I would have loved for them to have Lando in this movie. Um, he, for all intents and purposes, he's still alive in the universe for all we know. And Billy D. Williams is obviously still alive. So why not bring him in? Why not have him have some sort of, you know, save the day kind of deal? I was waiting for them to to bring him out. And it would have been great because, you know, it would have mirrored... Um, the Empire Strikes Back, and I'm just a I'm a huge fan of Lando Calrissian. I think he's a really cool character. I think Billy D. Williams is a fucking awesome actor in that role. Uh, I don't know. I just I wish they would have done it. And I mean, they still can for the third one. He's in the he's in um, the Return of the Jedi. So I'm I'm hoping they will. But I know that at least we'll we'll get to see him in the Han Solo um, origins movie with. Um, played by Donald Glover, who is one of my favorite actors. Um, and I think he was a great choice for that role. I think he's going to, he kind of looks like him. You know, I, I was, I was looking at old pictures of, I was at, well, not old pictures, but I was watching um, Empire Strikes Back last night and looking at young uh, Billy D. Williams, he kind of looks like Donald Glover. I, I think it, he, they, they're similar looking enough to where that, that uh, where I would buy that that was young or younger uh, Lando Calrissian. But yeah, so um, Star Wars The Last Jedi, I, I really did like this movie. I think it deserved the score that it got. I think that it did not deserve the, the backlash that, that some of the fans gave it. Um, it's not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, for, for an installment in Star Wars, I, I really did like it. I think it was... Um, I think it was appropriate and in in a good addition to um, to the universe, really. Pun intended. Uh, where does it stack up? At least for the new movies, I'm not going to lump it in with the old movies. Um, I have to go. Number one is Rogue One. I think Rogue One is might be my favorite Star Wars movie of all time, just because. As as movies go, it is a wonderful movie. It is it, there is there are stakes to it. Um, there's heart in it. 
there i mean the acting in it is superb and it's a, it's tragic it is a tragic story that ends in hope and i mean outside of the fact that you finally get to see why darth vader is the villain that he is why darth vader is the most feared person in the galaxy outside of that minute of him murdering people it is a fan, it is a, it is an amazing movie and that's why it's my number 1 and below that i'd say probably the force awakens and then third would be um the last jedi now the last jedi the force awakens was nostalgia it was nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia and that's why you know it, it wasn't it wasn't a groundbreaking movie but it showed you enough of what you wanted to see to develop a connection to that movie. It showed you enough of the old Star Wars without changing too much, because that's not what we, that's not what we wanted out of our first our first you know go around into a new in, into more Star Wars. You know, since uh, and I'm not even going to count the prequels. You know, we didn't want to see new stuff. We wanted to see old stuff to to really get us back into that universe again. Old stuff in a new way. But this movie, um, although it didn't, it had did have uh, similar similarities to Empire Strikes Back. It is it is its own movie. The Last Jedi is the Last Jedi is its own movie. It stands on its own. Um, it forwards the story in and takes it in a new direction. And in that. It can be seen as it, it is obviously the riskier of the two movies, um, but it doesn't mean it's bad. And because of that, you know, it forwarded the story. We now have more or new stories in in Star Wars. It's not just a recycled, you know, a, a recycled thing. At the very least, at least they're not they're not blowing up another Death Star. I mean, y'all have to be happy about that. But either way, um, yeah, it goes Rogue One, uh, The Force Awakens, and then The Last Jedi. But just because it's third doesn't mean it's by any means bad. Um, I, I truly enjoyed that movie, and you know, I mean, I'm, I'll see it again before the before it's out of the theaters. I can uh, I can guarantee that. Um, but yeah, that's all I got on that movie. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email me at iwasrightpodcast at gmail that's I was right, all one word, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's I was right podcast on Instagram. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for you. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Talk to you later.